Grand Canyon University's RN to BSN online degree program makes earning your bachelor's in nursing possible. Balance online coursework with local in-person clinicals to position yourself for potential leadership opportunities in the time you have from wherever you are. Leaving room for what matters. Achieve your goals with your personalized plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and those who don't identify as either, you are listening to Ratchet and Respectable from Budapest. Three years ago, I was watching this movie. I was going through this Will Smith phase. It was before the, you know, the incident. And I didn't go see it in theaters. Gemini Man, it's the movie where Will Smith plays himself and then... Also, his younger self, but it's like a CGI-generated younger self. Like Will Smith from Fresh Prince era, and then also grown Will Smith. It was really great, and the CGI was amazing. Part of the movie is set in Budapest, specifically at this spa that I went to earlier today. I'm going somewhere with this story. But I saw the spa and the city in the background. And I just made a mental note and I was like, I want to go to Budapest. And I made this Pinterest page three years ago. And I know it was three years because I just found it the other day. But I made this Pinterest page of what to do in Budapest. So like a list of spas and historical sites and monuments and places to eat and just a really comprehensive list of how to do the city right. And I was like, if I ever make it to Europe, I'm going to go to Budapest. And so I'm here. And earlier today, I was at the spa that Will Smith was at in the movie. It looks exactly the same. I mean, I say that like, I mean, of course it does, but really it doesn't. Like after that South Africa situation where I was like, did these buildings get caught on fire? They look bombed out. And they were like, no, they came to the hood to shoot a movie and they fucked up the buildings because the hood didn't look, you know, fucked up enough for their version of what the hood should look like. And I was like, what? No, but the spa in Budapest looked exactly you know, like, like the movie. I'll post pictures of it at some point, but it's like this, it's three gigantic outdoor pools. There's a thermal one. Actually, there's two thermal ones. And then there's a regular swimming pool. One of the thermal ones is like super warm, like bath water. The other one is like medium warm. That's the one I hung out in the most. (laughs) When I saw the movie, it was before COVID. So I wasn't necessarily opposed to the idea of being in like a mass pool with other people. And then when I got there today, and it's Friday, so I got there kind of late. I got there maybe around like 4.30, 5 o'clock. There were still a lot of people there in the pool and I couldn't get in for a while because I was like, this looks like human COVID soup. Like I just, I can't. And, you know, I'm American. Our pools smell like, you know, chlorine and bleach. The pool didn't smell like chemicals. And I was like, wait, is this like just natural untreated water with all these humans in it. And I was like, oh, oh, I had to wait for like half the people to leave. Like once it got like a little later, it closes at eight. So once it got around maybe like six, six, 15, people had started to roll out and, and the temperature was dropping a little bit to like a comfortable level because it was really, really hot. The sun is really intense here. So once people started to leave and the pool cleared out a little bit, then I, you know, sat on the side of the pool and got my moment. I was like, I'm not putting my head, my face, under this water, but I got in a pool. And it was very nice. It was very relaxing, very enjoyable. I met a very nice couple from LA. They're very well-traveled. They did Vienna before they got to Budapest, and they also did Prague. If I had thought about it a little more, I probably would have added Prague. 
but my schedule is like super tight. And then my friend hit me earlier today. I don't know where she is in Europe, but she's somewhere over here and was like, meet me in Bulgaria. <laughs> and I was like, let me look at flights. Oh, I can't keep bopping around like this. Like my ass is tired. The only reason I'm up right now is because I have to record this podcast. Otherwise I would be in bed. Yesterday I was in bed. I came back to take a nap and I was like, oh, I'm going to take this nap and then I'm going to do this night cruise so I can go down the water and see all the sites because there's so many historical sites lining the water. And I was like, I'll see all the historical sites, like all lit up at night, very beautiful. And then I came back, I took a nap and I was like, I'm not getting out of this bed. I'll do the night cruise tomorrow. I found this one building here. It's the parliament building. I actually posted pictures of it online. I've taken 200 pictures of this one building but every time I go somewhere and I see like a shot of this building, I just keep taking pictures of it. It's so freaking amazing. I'm obsessed with this building. That and this hot air balloon that sort of like hovers over the city. I caught a glimpse of it on like the first day and then walking around the city. Like anytime I'm at a high point, like I just see the balloon and I'm like, what is it doing there? And then I went to the spa today, the Will Smith spa, and I got off the bus like something told me to look up and I did. And the balloon was right, right there. And then when I was at the spa, the balloon was like right behind the spa. And then it disappeared because it goes up and down. I was like, they take it down at night. But Budapest is a whole vibe. Like Vienna was, Vienna was dope. Vienna is, remember I kept saying how clean it is and how like sanitized it is. It's almost like living in Disney. All the historical buildings have been, what's the word? The word is not refurbished, but you know what I mean when I say that. But they've been put back together properly. They're just really well maintained. Budapest, not so much. Budapest is, it's a little grittier. It's like New York. And it's not a danger. It's just like, it's just grit. Like it's not, it's not pristine. It's not Disney-fied. Budapest because everything in Europe somehow goes back to World War II because like, you know, everything got bombed. I read 20% of the buildings in Vienna got bombed in World War II. So obviously they rebuilt. Budapest, not so much. Budapest was like, yeah, shit's fucked up and we just gonna let it rock. Like they fixed some stuff, other stuff. One of the, um, what's the word, like highlights or, or unique cultural quirks of Budapest is this concept called ruins bars where the bombed out buildings from, from World War II that they never fixed, they just plopped in some thrift store furniture, some mix and match sort of things and, and set up a bar and serve alcohol. And you just sitting like amongst the ruins, like drinking and bullshitting and smoking and talking shit. And that's just a night out in Budapest. I haven't been to one yet. Um, it's on my list of things to do. Obviously, I'm not going to get to it on Friday night. It's 1027. Here I am with you, um, which is fine. But tomorrow night, maybe Sunday, I'll get a chance to pop in one. Maybe I'll do that during the day. I don't really like to be out at bars too late. But yeah, that's Budapest in a nutshell. Budapest is amazing. What else is going on? I probably would have recorded this earlier. That's why I was going telling you about the spa. So I went to the spa and then I didn't get in right away because I had to wait for like the human soup to calm down. And so like I stayed at the spa until it closed and I came back. I stopped by this um, street. There's a street nearby my hotel that has a ton of restaurants. So I got some Mexican because everybody eats Mexican. 
So I got some Mexican food to bring back to my hotel. And then I had to like wash my hair and then twist it and condition it. But while I was twisting and conditioning, I watched Juvie on NPR. I literally asked yesterday, I was like, yo, did that, did that drop? Did that happen? Did I miss that? Like, I know I've been out in the world and on the road. Like, did I miss Juvenile? And everybody was like, no, tomorrow at noon. I set my alarm. <laughs> That's part of the reason I was supposed to come back from the spot at six o'clock so I could get back because I'm six hours ahead over here. So I could get back to watch Juvie at noon with Black America. It didn't happen. And that's okay. It was worth the wait because NPR advertised this juvie thing like mad early and I was all excited for it. And then like it kind of went away and I forgot about it. And then I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Black History Month got one more day. Where's juvie? So worth the wait. (laughs) I was watching it and I haven't listened to juvenile like a whole juvenile set. They used to play a juvie set at the club. I haven't listened to a juvie set in like a while. So I'm listening to it now with like, you know, 40 something ears as opposed to 20 something ears. And I was like, woo wee, that's a lot of niggas and motherfuckers. God damn, juvie. I was like, that's a lot of cussing. Out here sounding like Monique. I ain't turned it off though, just so we clear. The first two songs weren't my song, but then he got to um <laughs> back that ass up. I mean, it's a fine song. It's fine fair. But that's not the song that does it for me. It's Paper Chaser. And Project Chick. <laughs> du- Juvie did like a little pre-sample of Project Chick. <laughs> I didn't realize how many people were in the audience. <laughs> Until the whole damn NPR staff was like, it took that dick. <laughs> I was like, yo, y'all gonna have to do some explaining to y'all coworkers. I feel like everybody who ever worked for NPR was in the studio today. People they ain't seen since before COVID. Folks who've been working at home, who stayed at home for Babyface and Usher was like, nah, we coming out for Juvie. I've never heard that many people from the NPR staff. And then when Manny Fresh went into the audience at the encore, because there was an encore at an NPR performance, um, when Manny Fresh went into the audience and I saw all the people, including some white people, there was a white lady on the camera, but there was also like a couple white people just in the audience who were just there for the Juvie moment. Don't tell me the white staff of NPR was up in there yelling and took that dick. <laughs> I was in this hotel room. I was like, yo, they're going to kick me out. If I had my speaker with me, I usually travel with it. And I didn't this time because I got to carry this stuff all over Europe. Otherwise, otherwise, <laughs> and took that dick. <laughs> I'm so tickled by this and that damn encore. I was like, really, really NPR is doing juvenile one, but then also an encore of back that ass up. It's not even like the encore. Cause you know, usually the encore is like a different song. They were like, no, can you just do back that ass up? Like one more time. I, I heard them play back that ass up and I looked at the time and I said, well, that's what are they doing after back that ass up? And then nothing. Juvie said, you know, God bless and good night. And then they were like, could you do it again? And he was confused. He was like, you want me to do the same song again? And they were like, yes, please. <laughs> the blacks of NPR. Y'all have pleased the world right now. I can't even say the nation. I'm over here in Budapest. Y'all have outdone yourselves this month. Absolutely outdone yourselves. God, that was such a good concert. If I wasn't talking to y'all, I'd watch it again. Juvie and his cocaine white. And his camo handkerchief. <laughs> What was he drinking? 
I was like, is that like a Juvie energy drink? He kept holding it up. I felt like he was trying to give us product placement, but it was like the camera never zoomed in on it, so I couldn't see what it was. In my head, I know he was holding a can of something. It seemed like a soda of some sort. But in my head, he was holding a red cup of dark liquor. He was having a good time. I had a good time. I am going to watch it again. It took that dick. Oh. What is going on in the world? The news this week is like almost trash. I saw Naomi Campbell had a second baby. Congratulations to her. That might be the only good thing that happened that I read about this week. Some of it is so ratchet and it's not stuff that we usually cover, but it falls into the kind of themes that we talk about. I saw, I guess, Neo's, is it his ex-wife, his soon-to-be ex-wife? She was the mistress when he was with the other girl. So she was saying that basically Neo ain't shit, but he's a good father. She said that she apologized to the woman before her for interfering in their marriage. And I was like, yeah, sounds about right. If he'll cheat with you, he'll cheat on you. Okay. I saw something about the husband. I don't watch reality TV in general. I might watch a competition show like, you know, Best Baking or something like that. Reality TV is so incredibly, literally scripted, um, but it's so heavily produced. Like literally, like they have you reshoot scenes and and redo arguments and, and stuff. Like, it's it's weird. So it's really difficult for me to watch it because I know how, like, produced it is, how fake it is. Love and marriage in Huntsville. One of the women has cancer. And her husband did an interview with Carlos King, who I've known forever and a day. Carlos and I used to work at BET together, like, back in the day. He's always been very kind to me. Um, but the guy did an interview with Carlos King. I don't even know his name. I just heard about the story when he was sort of like bragging on his wife because when she was being treated for cancer, he knew she was tired and not up for having sex with him, but she would, you know, roll over and let him have sex with her anyway. I was like, what in the fuck? What, what kind of Miss Seeley shit is this? What kind of Queen Charlotte Lady Danbury shit is this? Like you proud to tell people you was fucking on your wife while she was recovering from cancer. Even if I did that shit, it's not something I want people to know. Like, that just, that sounds so, because he was bragging on it. Like, he finds it honorable. He thinks it's amazing that this woman was willing to, in the midst of her cancer treatment, willing to sacrifice herself for him in that way. And I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with you that the woman is, I don't know, radiation, chemo, cancer, Whatever the fuck it is, whatever she's dealing with, like she got a lot on her mind. She literally has life and death on her mind. That's what she's facing. And you want to bust a nut and you feel comfortable climbing on top of her. What the fuck is wrong with you? Some people would say that that's what makes a good wife. And I'm just like, see, that's why I can't be no wife. There's certain shit I'm not doing. When I was married, like I, I tried to meet the expectations of the selflessness and sacrificial shit that wives are required to do. And I was like, fuck this. Grand opening, grand closing. I, I couldn't do it. And I fully recognize like all men are not like that. But a lot of them are. You start talking to men about like, you know, what they expect of wives and they start saying crazy shit. I'm like, sir, you that sounds like slavery. Like, no. I saw something's going on with Shirley Strawberry. I tried to watch this video about it, but it was just, it was, it was too much. Like once they got to like minors and animals, I was like, wait, what? Apparently Shirley Strawberry's husband is involved in some bullshit. I'm not exactly sure what it is. I have to investigate it a little more. 
Her husband did something. And again, I'm not exactly sure what he did. It was like a Zoom court hearing and it was a whole bunch of people talking at once. And then the person was talking over the Zoom people trying to explain. But the gist of it is he's done some shit and the judge has banned him from interacting with minors and then also animals. And then Shirley Strawberry wrote this letter I don't know, of support about her husband. And I was like, look, (laughs) again, that's one of those things that like, you know, wives are supposed to do like, you know, stand by your man till death do we part. I was like, if you've done some nefarious shit that involves minors and animals, sir, sir, I can't fuck with you no more. There's limits. There's a limit to my love. There's a limit to my love. Can you tell I drank mezcal earlier today? (laughs) I can tell. This is what my inner dialogue in my head sounds like at all times. It's nonstop. I usually curate it a little better before I let it out of my mouth. But like today, <laughs> I just feel real free. It's the juvenile and the mezcal. <laughs> I took that dick. <laughs> my father is going to listen to this episode and be like, what's wrong with her, Lord? What's wrong with her? <laughs> Oh, I'm going to say about Shirley Strawberry, the same thing I say about Megan Good. Ma'am, know your worth. Remember who you are. We don't know this man. Steve Harvey introduced you to this man from what I read. We don't know this man. We know you. You introduced us to this man. This is exactly what somebody said to me when I got a divorce. They were like, so just so you know, we was here for you. Now you introduced us to him. You married him. And so we said, all right, we'll accept him. But if he ain't around no more, we still here for you. Strawberry, Miss Strawberry, Lady Strawberry. Don't let this man be out here having you acting crazy, looking a fool. I heard he got a bunch of felonies too, like a long rap sheet of shit. And I was like, ma'am, he's an all right looking man. You can find another all right looking man that ain't got no felonies. I was talking about these scenarios last night on my personal Facebook page. Starfish sleep is looking better and better. I go to sleep every night in the middle of a king-size bed. Spread the fuck out. Nobody's stealing my covers. Nobody's fucking around with the heat, the fan, or the AC. I wake up in the morning knowing that no one is embarrassing me. That everything that I work for and built is not about to crumble because you're doing some dumb shit. I'm trying to think if we're about to talk about sex in the city. We're going to talk about Jonathan Majors. This man cursed me out earlier today. <laughs> over Jonathan Majors. I posted some vacation pics from Budapest. I posted them on Facebook and I did quick captions for all the pictures. It was totally a post about travel. It had nothing to do with any pop culture news or the Supreme Court acting a whole ass. I I, I don't even know what to say about that. Like, we lost guaranteed access to abortion what like within the last year now we've lost affirmative action based on race affirmative action based on you know being a nepo baby or your parents having a lot of money and donating to the school or one of your immediate family members working for the university you can still get into a university based on that but just you know on race I don't even really know like what to say other than the obvious Clarence Thomas is a fucking coon That ain't new. Trump fucked us. 
as a nation, not just for the four years that he was in office, but we got at least like another 20 years of this bullshit with the Supreme Court, unless they add more justices to the court to to tip it in a more liberal favor. Because like within the last, what, 48 hours, like we've lost affirmative action. They shot down Biden and the student loan. So they were like, oh, you thought she was getting relief? Fuck you. No, that's how. Oh, and it's it's OK again for private businesses to discriminate against LGBTQIA folk. There was some woman, she's like a web designer. She didn't want to do graphics for a same-sex wedding and it made it all the way to the Supreme Court. And they were like, nope, you don't have to do that shit. You can discriminate. It's fine. What? Trump fucked us so bad. Us as in non-white, heterosexual, wealthy men. Everybody else, fuck you. I don't have anything profound on this one. Like, I'm just like a big, like, what the fuck? Like everybody else. Um, I don't have solutions. I don't know what to propose to make it better. I'm just blown. I saw a message from um, NYU earlier today. The head of the university sent out a message to all the alumni. They knew this issue was up for consideration at the Supreme Court. They are remaining committed to diversity. They think they know that a diverse campus is enriching for everyone. They welcome diversity. They champion diversity. They will remain diverse. I told you the news this week was trash. This man cursed me out. He was fussing and cussing. That's what I was going with earlier when I was talking about, I posted about Budapest and I posted all these pictures with captions and the guy came out of nowhere and he was like, you were running your mouth about Jonathan Majors. You were throwing him under the bus. Like you didn't believe the black man. And now you're silent. Now like you're, you haven't said anything. He was like, now you're silent when the black man has redeemed himself, when he's proven his innocence. Now you have nothing to say. And I was like, was there like a, a big break in the story? I mean, I know of one. I know of the Rolling Stone article that came out earlier today. We'll go into that in a minute. But the guy was like, you know, you must not have been on social media for the last three days. And I was like, sir, you're commenting on a post about me being in Budapest. No, I haven't been on social media like that in the last three days. But I was like, is there a big Jonathan Major story that I missed? And then when I asked about it, one of my friends was like, oh, yeah, because, you know, he's they're charging the girlfriend like Jonathan Majors is countersuing. And he's saying that the girlfriend attacked him. And then the lawyer said that there's video and then there's the cab driver says this and that there's some black women who testified that they saw like part of the incident or something like that. And they were like, yeah. And like the charges were dismissed. And I was like, wait, what? That's not true. Everyone's like, oh, there's this big break in the case. And I was like, no, he's also trying to press charges against the girlfriend. His lawyer has said all along that the girlfriend is the one who actually attacked him. So now they're trying to press charges, but the woman hasn't been arrested. There's no official charges for her, to my knowledge. People are like, oh, there's like a breakthrough in the case. There's there's not a breakthrough. The lawyer keeps doing interviews and she keeps talking about the evidence that she has, but no charges have been dismissed. Like the trial is still set for August. The charges haven't been dropped. Like he's very much still charged and very much still facing trial. The lawyer is giving more information about like, we have this and we have that and we have this and we have that. She said repeatedly, 
that she has all of this evidence that will clear her client's name. That's what she's supposed to say as a defense lawyer. And we've talked about this many times before. She's released some of her evidence thus far, and all of it was supposed to clear her client's name. And everything that she's released to the public has been sketchy or just tells us nothing. The first big piece of evidence that she was like, this will clear my client's name, was a series of text messages that the girlfriend sent to Jonathan Majors after she got out the hospital from whatever happened between them. The text messages that she sent made her sound like a long abused woman. I was kind of like, I hope this isn't true. I hope this isn't true. Like you can't vouch for nobody, but please Lord, don't let this be true. And then the text messages came out and I was like, yo, he sounds like trash. The lawyer released the video that shows the woman at the club and people were like, well, there's video. She's at the club. So she's okay. Okay. Her being okay after there was an incident between them just means that he didn't kill her. That she wasn't like, you know, really fucked up. It doesn't mean there wasn't an incident. Maybe he did hit her. Maybe he did choke her. Maybe he did or didn't. It's po- That's possible too, just in fairness. But they could have had a whole incident, but because she doesn't have a black eye or a broken arm or nothing's dislocated, doesn't mean like nothing happened. Because she went to the club after what after whatever happened between them doesn't mean nothing happened. It's not proof that that nothing happened. The lawyer's like, oh, she spent she had his credit card and she spent eight hundred dollars. Okay, eight hundred dollars is nothing to him. Also, she had the credit card in his name because he gave it to her. She was authorized to use it, which is why she had it, and she did use it. That doesn't prove that there wasn't an incident. The lawyer keeps saying like there's the cab driver and there's the doorman and there's this person and that person and this person and that person. Okay, like if you've got more evidence, release it. But the stuff that you've released so far, like really ain't telling nobody nothing. It's not clearing him. I would think if you had something that could definitively clear him and, you know, get him some goodwill back in the court of public opinion, I would think you might would go ahead and release it. What you holding on to it for? If you have it. But the guy on my Facebook page was reaming me out. I had to just go ahead and block him. And he was like, I'm going to be on your head until you admit you were wrong, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, nigga, this is social media. Like, I will block your ass and be done. It's like you never fucking existed. Ugh. Which is exactly what I did. I also had to let him know. And I was like, sir, like you, you picking the wrong time to try to defend this mofo. Cause you talking about like, you've been on social media for the last two or three days, sir. Did you read the Rolling Stone article from this morning? Rolling Stone went and talked to, let me pull it up. I want to get the number right. Cause I want to say 40 where Rolling Stone might've just said dozens, which is at minimum 24. Still, whether it's 24 people that said you ain't shit or 40 people that said you ain't shit. If 24 people said you ain't shit and you have like abusive tendencies, you probably ain't shit with abusive tendencies. Now, the ain't shit part is one thing. Abusive tendencies? Let's pull it up. Rolling Stone. Jonathan Majors. You can Google it yourself. Because I know sometimes I'd be on here talking about stuff and you'd be like, Demetria, that could not have happened. The headline from nine hours ago, exclusive. Jonathan Majors, extreme abuse 
allegedly goes back nearly a decade. This is the deck line. So there's like a headline, which is like the big fancy line. And then there's a deck line. That's what we call it in journalism, the decks, like a quick summary. The deck line, Majors was abusive with his partners, aggressive on sets, and a source of toxicity at Yale. Two dozen sources tell Rolling Stone. Majors vehemently denies all accusations. Let's get into the piece. They talk about how big he was. Rolling Stones describe Majors being on the quote, the cusp of going supernova. This is Rolling Stone from earlier today. In dozens of new interviews with Rolling Stone, however, those who have known Majors over the past decade claim he has a history of abusive behavior. This is where I got the number 40 from. During this three-month investigation, still quoting from Rolling Stone, Rolling Stone spoke with more than 40 people who have known Majors during his time in graduate school, his Hollywood career, and his romantic relationships. They describe Major as being, quote, complicated, unpredictable, and sometimes violent. More than a dozen sources collectively claim to Rolling Stone that Majors allegedly abused two romantic partners, one physically, both of them emotionally. One of the sources says, quote, it was pervasively known that he was a good actor and that he would also terrorize the people he had dated. Majors allegedly strangled one woman he was dating and was mentally and emotionally abusive with her. Nine of those sources claim. The second woman allegedly told friends that her relationship with Majors was, quote, emotional torture. Rolling Stone says of the sources, they were friends with the women or were present during their relationships with Majors. They independently corroborated details of the alleged abuse. Throughout conversations with Rolling Stone, they described feeling alarmed by what they witnessed at the time or what they were told by the women. Another source says Majors was, quote, controlling with his partner. A second source confirmed Majors wanted, this is the alleged emotionally abused woman, to be submissive to him, demanding he be in charge of everything from what they ate to who the partner could interact with. Multiple sources conveyed he exploited his power in the relationship to prevent her from leaving. A third source alleges there was intense jealousy in their relationship. She says that the alleged abused woman said that he wanted her to believe that he was the oxygen in the room that she could not live without him. And if she considered leaving, that would be the most foolish thing she had ever done. Here's the crazy shit, because we didn't get to crazy yet. We're now at crazy. When I read this, my mouth dropped. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? His legal team do not like him. So, and this is standard journalism practice. Rolling Stone interviews all of these people and they say all of these things, right? Rolling Stone reaches out to Jonathan Major's representation, his lawyers, and says, hey, we're working on this piece and these are the allegations that people have made. Would your client like to respond? Is your client available for an interview? What does your client have to say about these allegations that people are making against him? People accuse you of something. You're supposed to give folks an opportunity to 
have a rebuttal or response of some sort. So Rolling Stone sends over their information to Jonathan Major's lawyers. So they provided six character witness statements from women who Majors had dated or was close with. What you think Rolling Stone did? Rolling Stone reached out to all the women and was like, hey, so Jonathan Major's lawyer sent over character statements with your name attached. We'd like for, to talk to you about Jonathan Majors and what your relationship with him was and, and what was it like because you've said these glowing things and we're working on this piece. So like, sure, you have information. You've dated him. Like, tell us what the experience was. Rolling Stone reached out to the women. This is crazy shit. Three of the women said they never gave Major's team permission to release such statements. Another woman, four or six, declined to share the statement credited to her by Major's team, saying it was pre-written, not truthful, and that she had never approved of its release. One of the women did not respond to a request for comment. My mouth dropped. It's Rolling Stone. How fucking stupid can you be to provide false sources that can be easily checked for Rolling Stone? <sighs> this is the sixth woman. Her name is Haley Carter. She dated majors from the age of 13 to 18. She said majors was sweet, kind, and gentle. She said, after 20 years of knowing him, I can tell you who Jonathan is. He did not do these things. He is exactly the opposite of what those allegations say. Jonathan is the most self-controlled, disciplined, well-mannered person I know. We all call him the peacekeeper. He is not violent in any way. I respect that that's her, that's her take on him. You dated him in junior high and high school. But my high school boyfriend is an entirely different person from when I dated him. We reconnected 2000. Don't y'all be trying to track my shit. We reconnected after I was divorced. He's an entirely different person. I don't know him. Like I knew him as a child. I don't know him. He's a grown ass man now. Still look the same. It's fine as fuck. That's not the point. The point is, his lawyer sat up here and tried to okey-doke Rolling Stone. I was like, are these the same lawyers who keep claiming they have all this evidence? We have the cab driver. We have some random black women that took pictures with him. We have this text message. We have videos of the woman at the club. We have the doorman. I was like, yo, y'all are fugazi. Y'all are sending fake character references to Rolling Stone. Why ain't y'all send the cab driver to Rolling Stone? Why ain't y'all send the doorman to Rolling Stone? These random black women that y'all say Jonathan Majors saw and took pictures with and all that shit. Why ain't you send them to Rolling Stone? You done dropped the names of some random women who want nothing to do with this shit and a woman who dated him in junior high and high school. Where is all this evidence that clears him that y'all keep claiming y'all have? Y'all clearly ain't got no character witnesses. You don't have text messages. You show video from the club that really don't show shit. <sighs> Look, I don't want the man to be guilty. Because for the man to be guilty would mean he okey-doked all of us with this good guy act. It would also mean that he 
beat on this woman in some capacity, kicked her out their house. I'm a guess he went ahead and canceled her credit card, started publicly dating a woman that he was more than likely cheating on her with, and then went and pressed charges against her for abusing him when he abused her. Do you know how fucking crazy that would make this dude? I really want him not to be guilty. I really want this to be some grand conspiracy on the level of, like, I don't know, Harrison Ford and the Fugitive. Like, Jonathan Majors was trying to, like, buy the Marvel franchise or some shit, and so they decided to take him down. Like, I really want this to be some high-level conspiracy, because otherwise, this nigga is crazy. The The article goes on further to talk about his time at Yale, The vast majority of it is he acted like an asshole. He said some shit about the women in the pro in the acting program, not being up to par. He got into a physical confrontation with another man. He slapped him. There's more in the article. He acted an ass on set. They're painting, um, an image of him as, you know, being an unnice person who has anger issues, essentially. I'm more focused on like the DV shit. Oh, there was um, speculation at one point that the ex-girlfriend, the one from the incident in March, was not participating in the case. They talked to the attorney for the woman in question. She's definitely participating. Her attorney said that his client, the woman, was, quote, frightened to death of Mr. Majors. I think now it should be obvious to everyone why. Using the media to gaslight is not a strategy that should garner him much long-term sympathy. Out of respect for the criminal process and the prosecuting attorneys that will make decisions based on evidence, we do not need to respond to rumors and will instead allow the criminal process to work without the sideshow that Mr. Majors and his team are trying to create. Yeah. If I thought you were cheating on me, we get into a physical incident of some sort. Then you kick me out your house. And then I hear like a month later that you're dating Megan Good. So basically confirming more or less what I thought. I thought there was some shit in your phone. You were cheating on me confirming that I was right. If I wasn't participating in the case before, I would now. Like, I was trying to protect you because I thought you were my man. But now, like, you've left me and have publicly taken up with, like, a new chick and kicked me out the house and cut my credit card off? I'm not protecting you. For what? For why? Why should I? Rolling Stone also makes mention of a Variety report, which I haven't heard much about. I remember when Variety reported it, that multiple women had claimed majors abused them And they'd come forward to cooperate with the Manhattan District Attorney's Office. This Rolling Stone article is fucking terrible. This isn't even a shit show. This is a clown car. That's what it is. Bring in the clowns. The clowns are here. Bring in the clowns. The clowns have arrived. Like, this is ungood. Very ungood. Is there anything else? I'm sure there's more shenanigans and bullshit. But, like, isn't that enough? Do you need more? Are you not entertained? I'm not even entertained by this shit. I'm actually quite saddened by it. Public men have been acting a fool this week. 
There was one almost bright spot. Did you see Monica and the game were posted up in the bathtub? I got really excited when I saw it too. And I was like, you know, it's not a couple I saw coming, but I could see it. It could work. I could see, you know, where they're going with this. I was so happy. Look, let me say this. Let me say this. Let me say this. I have loved Monica my almost my entire life. Since since one of them days, I love her. I say that to say I was really happy when I saw the pictures, the game posted, because I was like, oh, they're together. This is great. Because I really wanted Monica to date somebody who wasn't in prison. Remember who you are. All right. That Angela Bassett quote is, that's like my go-to now. I want to yell it at everybody who's like making shit decisions with their lives. All right. I'm done. It's not everything. It is what it is. We'll talk Tuesday. Should be back in London. I don't think I'm going to Bulgaria. We'll see. Bye.